Hi guys, thanks for clicking onto In The Stands. Hope you're well. Um, we had a delirious episode, I think, today. I think, I don't know whether, what we had in our breakfast, if we didn't have breakfast, but I think something heat, clearly happened. Yeah, I think it's the heat. All the hate, yeah, I think it's we might have impeached her. But so if you want to hear some ludicrous predictions, some uh, crazy theories and some uh, amazing stuff, then uh, aerial jewels. Uh, yeah, well, go on, Mikey. What was the most stupid thing said this episode? Uh, predicting games on aerial jewels and battles won in the air. That's I would say the stupidest was... thing was with um Newcastle owners back um Pochettino over Steve Bruce Moore. <laughs> That was the stupidest comment. Oh, no, 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 no. They backed him over Rafa Benitez. Rafa Benitez. <laughs> so yeah. it's not the most ridiculous thing, yeah. to be okay. honest with you. And Harry, so anything else people should listen out for before they do listen to the episode? Uh, well, if Jamie doesn't listen to half of it, then I don't know why they should. But, uh, <laughs> oh, I think most of it, most of it was, it was yeah. good fun. Good stats left, right and centre. So yeah. I think I think today is a, a good episode to be fair. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's got Harry seal of approval. Go and have a listen to it now. There was five games. We treat to five games, so we can talk about all nice. five games that played. So it's me, Ollie. I've got my normal co-hosts with me, Jamie. Enjoy the games, Jamie. Oh, yeah. Um, I obviously went four about saying time. I only watched one. Yeah, and I thankfully picked the United game, which was a bit more eventful than the others. Yeah, it's a good choice, wasn't it, Harry? Now you did mention you were going to watch all of them at the same time. Were you able to complete that feat, or did you fall down? Because I don't have BT, I was only able to watch twice. Twice, two at once, but it was the Man United game and it was the Norwich game. Yep. So probably two of the better games, maybe the uh, Newcastle game was better than the Norwich one. But yeah, it was a good day of football, especially the last game as well, which I imagine we'll talk about first after you introduce everyone. Yeah, definitely. And we got Mikey as well. Mikey, did you catch, which games did you catch yesterday? Um, well, the good thing is I only caught Liverpool against Palace so if that's the Fair first enough. one we're going to talk about happy days uh, let's, let's yeah. do it let's do it let's talk about Liverpool Going game into it. fairly comfortable for Liverpool it seemed like um, Palace put up a decent fight but they were um, basically stripped down by Liverpool this is a question that I wanted to ask who do you think was more clinical Liverpool 4-0 versus Palace or City versus Burnley who do you think were more clinical? Because I think Burnley was slightly worse in their defence near the end. Whereas I think Palace did set up pretty well. But just comparing the two, because obviously we're going to probably see them playing against each other for the title. Who do you mm. think out of those high-scoring games were the most clinical? I mean, um, I think Palace were better set up defensively than Burnley, like you said. And it was a free kick that did it. Um, yeah. And then as soon as you go 1-0 behind, you sort of have to push up a little bit further. And then I think it was a mistake that led to the second goal as well. So it wasn't down to tactics. It was down to individual errors and things that are out of your control. Well... Burnley, it seemed like there were things that they maybe could have done. They could have set up a little bit better against City. But I, well, next week's game is just going to be incredibly exciting to watch because you've got the two, probably two of the best teams in Europe at the moment are going to come together and they're going to play against each other. It's going to be great. Mm. Trent said that um, basically the, the first game back in Allenfield couldn't have gone any better. Um, does this look like it's 
them going to be title champions, Harry? Like, is there any other way it's going to go? Because <laughs> no, I no, mean, I think I think City still uh, got a chance. Well, what I'm saying is that like <laughs> the City game is going to be probably where they clinch it. Is it is it going to go any other way? Because I can't see mm. Liverpool no, losing to fair, City. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea get a point tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea get a point tonight because Guardiola is a, a type of man that likes to rotate his team, especially with the FA Cup. He tries, he likes playing mind games, and mm. I think to sort of not dampen Liverpool's parade. But if he's if he plays sort of a second string team, they might get a point, and instead of Liverpool winning it for themselves. Chelsea win Liverpool's title. I know Liverpool obviously have won their own title due to mm-hmm. um, record-breaking or two be record-breaking season, but it just puts that slight, slight dampener on it. But obviously, Liverpool have been phenomenal season. You've seen at Anfield without anyone, they they still have the same level of motivation. You see their pressing game. You see the way they win the ball back. Fans or no fans, they play the exact same way. It hasn't seemed to affect them whatsoever, and they just didn't let Palace in the game. I think it's the first time since stats was recorded in like 2008 or something ridiculous that a, a team didn't have a touch in the opposition box. Like since Zaha went off, or when Zaha went off, I'm not saying Zaha would have changed the game at all, but I'm saying. Yeah, they just went defensive from that point onwards because they just genuinely didn't have another option or an outlet up front. I mean, you think Zaha's probably their main creative force, and when you're playing against a defence as solid as Liverpool have been all season, you need your main creative players to have a good game and to be taken off after 15 minutes. That's not going to help you at all trying to get out. Um, and then when you lose your best player, it just becomes more difficult, and they scored soon after as well from that free kick from Trent. Yeah, it was a brilliant free kick, wasn't it? I was watching it, it was pinpoint, really, wasn't it? I mean, you're not really going to stop that. Um, but, yeah, I was just looking at it, and the fact that Klopp has made that team all worth... Like, if you had to if you had to actually guess how much those players were, I reckon anyone on that defence would go for big, big money, wouldn't they? And I think that they've obviously strengthened the midfield by buying quality. Henderson's come through well. And the front three are just unstoppable. They've just built a team where there is no weak link. Whereas you look at cities and there is still a couple that aren't well, not, I would say not well class, but do you know what I mean? There's still a little bit there that City needs to patch up where Liverpool just look like every player on that team won't let them down, won't they? Do you know what I mean? I think I think City have that in a way as well. I think every player that City has is pretty much world class. Um, yeah. And they could get into most line. Like, like we talked about Leroy Sane a couple of days ago. Not even well, ACL injury, not starting. He's probably going to be when coming back three, third or fourth choice winger, and he's still going to be going for about fifty million to Bayern Munich. Like they, mm. they do have a squad of world class players. It's just this year, Laporte's got injured. The centre backs haven't performed since Laporte got injured. And then it's been poor recruitment from City, basically. If they would have yeah. signed a centre-back to replace Vincent Company, then I'm sure it would have been closer this year. But they mm. didn't, and that's been their problem. They haven't had a solid centre-back next to Laporte. Um, and then when they've been without Laporte, and Liverpool have and Liverpool have been quite lucky as well with injuries too. They haven't had any of their key players go down. So, yeah, yeah, it's credit to the backroom staff at Liverpool as well and Klopp for rotating the side and making sure that no injuries do crop up. I, I think that was my only point. I, I just think that City's defence has been a little bit too shaky at times. 
to be considered mm. as all four of them to be world class. I also think Klopp was a little bit believing his own hype in dropping a lot of CDMs to play that role rather than trusting players that may not play the system as well. Like It seems strange that um, there was a couple players that he would much rather drop Fernandinho and sometimes Rodri into that centre-back role rather than centre-backs that were just sitting on the bench. Can you see any particular reason why he would trust those more than a natural centre-back? Style of play. Yeah. You, you're thinking if City, if especially against like a Burnley side, they're going to be dominating the ball. I think they've got 72, 73% possession. Mm. So they're just going to be dominating the ball and they don't really have to deal with fast counter-attacks. And if you've got a player like Fernandinho who is confident on the ball, you look at the um, pass he did out to Carl Walker uh, for their third goal against Arsenal. He's confident on the ball. He can play those passes in behind and deep into the wingers and that's if you're going to be on the ball for the majority of the game you want that to be able to cut open a defence do you mm. think Burnley were just going to sit back for the pretty much the entire 90 minutes 4-4-2 and just sort of shift and if you if you have centre-backs I, I don't know about Otamendi and Stones I know they're decent on the ball but if you don't have that ability to switch the play quickly you're not going to create those gaps to then get in behind and play that ball across like Guardiola is so well known to do that little cut back and then a simple finish and that's how City got a lot of their goals yeah perfect any other things to cover on the uh, the Liverpool game because I know it was a a 4 it was 4-0 wasn't it yeah but it, it seemed like it was just no bother to Liverpool wasn't it any other things that caught the eye from you guys the Salah pass for the fourth goal was beautiful uh, it's, yeah. It was a really good ball with Mahine and Mane got on it well. Fabinho's strike as well was class. Was like you don't expect that from a defence midfielder, but he just rocked it into the mm. back of it. Yeah, that's very similar to his one against uh, Manchester City as well. So when it, when he's lining up, I'm thinking, is that a good idea? But then you know, obviously after Kwanzaa said he's pings that right in Crystal Palace though. I know it's a disappointing defeat today or yesterday. Sorry, they've had before that they went four wins on the bounce and that conceded, and they were forty-two points two ahead of Arsenal. Do they have an outside chance of getting Europa League up next? They got Burnley, Leicester, Chelsea, and then Aston Villa. So a bit of a mixed bag in terms of games. Yeah, uh, they they do have an outside chance of getting European football, especially if Sheffield United start dropping off, like it seems like they are going to do. Mm. Um, and it does, I would say it would depend on Zaha, but to be fair, he's not actually been as influential as he has been in the last couple of seasons. He's got three goals and three assists in their 31 appearances. So if he's out for a while, then yeah, you can see a problem, but it didn't look too big of an injury. He managed to walk off the pitch, so I wouldn't have thought it was a massive injury. They've got a good outside push of getting there. Yeah, well, we talked about Sheffield United. Shall we move on to that game? And Anthony Martial's hat-trick was, was the oh, difference between the two sides. Rashford also could have got two, but he messed up messed up his two chances. We talked about Sheffield United quite a lot in the podcast, but we're going to talk about them again and then them specifically. They're only two points ahead of Palace, three points over Everton and four points ahead of uh, Arsenal. Are they going to drop off because they're not playing? They're not playing well. They had a good period in the second half after the water, the second half of the first half after the water break, but they really they didn't they didn't do anything to be honest. They really didn't do anything. Mm. Another Evidently. game where they've only had one shot on target as well. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, and, and, and then number four, you say, Mikey, I'm trying to get my first point in, right? Yeah, Jamie, I'm trying to get Mikey has said uh, <laughs> answered everything. Poor Jamie. Oh, I'll be anything. quiet, mate. I'll be quiet. I'm you trying go. to get in so many times. Mikey's talking about hand up, ready? Anyway, all right. <laughs> Evidently, Sheffield United have had the same form since before the coronavirus outbreak. And the fixtures they've got ahead of them aren't necessarily the easiest. Come up against Tottenham, Burnley, Wolverhampton, Chelsea and Leicester. All rivals contending for those Ooh. European places. You could also argue Southampton in the last game of the season could also yeah. possibly... And they could also be battling for those places by that point. So their games all be very crucial to their the outcome of the Europa League or possibly Champions League football if they get that fifth position if anything happens. Mm. Which you could argue they're challenging for before this break. But I don't see them getting their form back in time to collect that again. Well put. Realistically, what do you what do you think would be a success for Sheffield United? Because they've done so well and occupied that you know European space for so long, but now they seem like they are dropping off a little bit. Even if they do get top half, that's surely still got to be a a massive positive for the club, right? Yeah, I mean, considering most people put them to go down at the start of the season like it, it is a very good year for them um, oh no, no, like, no matter what the outcome is because they'll probably stay up anyway so it's, it's a good season for them and hopefully they can push on I think they missed uh, Egan who got sent off against Newcastle um, again, mm. like, I think when they played Villa we talked about the overlapping centre-backs and they played Phil with Jagielka in their defence and he just doesn't have the um, the ability to go up and down the pitch um, like he uh, I'd say like he used to I don't think he ever did so <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah it, it does change the tactic it's changed the system and it, I mean United their attack looks scary so I don't think that helped either hmm. and can, no, sorry on, here you go Okay, fair enough. I was going to say that can Martial actually lead that lineup from top? Because obviously we've seen him score a hat trick, which has been the first time for a long time for Man United. And Martial either seems quality on his day, or sometimes he can go missing. But I think they do need to rely on a a striker that can get them those goals. Can he do that for Man United? Can he get those fifteen, twenty goals that they need from a striker? I really believe he can because it shows United have finally got their Sissonops played down to a tee. They scored three passes. There was it the joint best um, defence in the league are behind Liverpool and Sheffield United. And it shows that they're finally getting their... It may, they argue, you could argue, yes, they didn't have Dean Henderson in goal. However, three pass up defence. It shows the team uh, United how quality and how un- finally they're getting their tactics right and they can actually play well. I can see United pushing on f- into the top four easily. Fair enough. I think the best thing about Martial it's his best scoring season I think 14 in the league I think the best thing about it he's not scored well he's, all of his goals came within the 6 yards 8 yards sort of area and the fact that he's in the right positions he's in the right positions as a number 9 to get those those sorts of goals so I think yeah he, he can he can be the man to lead the line uh, Rashford's how was his performance? Because he didn't score. He did fluff two chances, but he did get two two well-worked assists as well. First one, he smashed across the box, good thinking. And then the second one, it was just a nicely weighted pass to Martial, who dinked it over the goalkeeper. Hey, he had a good performance. It's, it's a shame that he wasn't rewarded with the goal. Um, 
but yeah, he, he's had he's he's I mean coming back from a back injury, you're expecting a little bit longer for him to come back. But he seemed like he was on full speed mm. uh, on his comeback, and yeah, he, he had a good game. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to talk about the rest of the game? So obviously we talked about Man United, Sheffield United, we talked about Liverpool. <laughs> well, 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 they they weren't the most interesting, so we'll quickly uh, fly through them. The, the first highest scoring one, which is a one-all draw, mm-hmm. Newcastle versus Aston Villa. Gale and Carroll both come off the bench to link up and open the scoring. Probably not the combination you'd expect with Carroll <laughs> the man to cross it in or pass it into Gale, who finished off for his first of the season. Mm. Where do you think? Do you think Newcastle fans are slowly? you know, coming closer to Steve Bruce. They're playing, I'd say, a better brand of football, even though it wasn't, it's not that great compared to last season. They're getting the results. Even if the takeover does or doesn't happen, do you think, you know, the first thought of Steve Bruce, which was a bad one in the Newcastle perspective, is slowly changing? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's quite even in the fact that they're happy where they are but they want to push on and it's whether Steve Bruce is the right manager to push a club forward. Um, Because I don't, I can't remember him, like the last time he was at a club, I can't remember him pushing up the table. He's always been quite a solid mid-table manager. He's never been someone to push for Europe and I think that's where Newcastle want to be. I think also with the brand of football, you look at the squad that Benitez had last year compared to the squad this year, Benitez didn't have a forty million pound striker. He didn't have Alan and Maximan. Like so, mm. it, it, it is. He's got a bit more quality to work with as well. So I think that's why the brand of football has also been better. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just what they're trying to push for, isn't it? Really, like if you're if they're trying to invest by solidifying where they are, but if they want to start trying to push up to European, they're going to need to have the quality to bring that in so you're probably going to have to see the investment on the players side first see if Steve Bruce can get the most out of them and if that's not a correct partnership maybe they might have to think about it but he's doing a decent job for them and I think there's no reason if new investors come in and it's the same team then maybe just keep the same manager who's kind of doing an all right job with them really Uh, I don't think there's too much a new manager can do with the exact same squad he's been there for a year he's got them at a decent place at 13th and they're doing all right. I don't think it's Hmm. necessary to just chop because you've got new investors or whatever. If you say that though, you, you, um, I I know I'm going to be talking about Southampton, but when Adkins was in, he was doing a decent job with the same set of players that Poch then had for another year. And Poch managed to push a squad that was going to be finishing 16th, uh, like 16th, 15th, or maybe even getting relegated to then pushing on and finishing eighth. And like that's a manager. If they can get Pochettino in, a manager like him can push a squad forward just with the style of play. Uh, there, There are limitations to what managers can do, even with the same set of players. And Pochettino just has that extra push that I think he can do to get Newcastle up the table, even with the same set of players. Do you think they're more likely to back Pochettino than they are Steve Bruce as well? <laughs> yeah. Because of his yeah. records, yeah. Right, looking at the opposition dugout <laughs> and Aston Villa, gave, Aston Villa gained a point from coming behind and now they're equal 27 points on Bournemouth so just a win we'll see them at the relegation zone but the fact is they've got Wolves Liverpool Manchester United Crystal Palace and Everton 
in their next few fixtures. So despite the fact they got a point and they're closer, do you think that's 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 also two points drops because I can't see them picking up points in the next few games? They done they did well to get a point back though. Because Newcastle are one of the sides that they get a one nil and then they'll they'll sort of just drop off and try and keep it. So to get a point against them is a good good feat to have. Um, however, with the next fixtures coming up, probably it, it's not looking bright for Villa. To be fair, well, we we're all big fans of Villa in this podcast, so we are, we are hoping for them to stay up. Yes, yeah, so I, I question that. Like, oh. that from? just so I know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And it's just a little, cause I, it's a little banter because I've been backing Villa last few podcasts to stay up. But realistically, <laughs> if you look at their look at their fixtures, they have got Wolverhampton. Wanderers, Liverpool, Man United, Palace, Everton, Arsenal, and West Ham, and it is not looking bright for them. <laughs> uh, but I still believe they can make it out with a bit of luck and intuition. We can back Villa. Not choosing to listen to Harry. No, I didn't hear what he said. He said after Harry said, Do you reckon they'll back um, Pochettino more than they'll back Steve Bruce?" Is kind of when I wasn't listening anymore. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> what a waste of a minute. I mean, we just listened to the same thing oh, Harry said and you repeated it again. I was, I was laughing the whole time. It's completely shall, we, shall, we, shall we move on? Yeah. <laughs> go on then. What game, what game do you want to cover then? Do you want to go for a, a enthralling 1-0 for Everton or an enthralling 1-0 for what, uh, Wolves? What would you prefer to talk Both about? Both were with each other, weren't they? Jamie, you can decide, mate. What do you Let's want to go to first? Let's talk about um, Wolves game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, what um, your rea- what's your reaction to the Wolves game? Well, Harry, well, I watched a three-minute highlight and there was nothing shown by Bournemouth effectively. We kind of sums up the whole game. We look at the statistics of the match with... 46% of Ariel <laughs> she was won by the Wolves <laughs> compared to the 53% of Bournemouth <laughs> that, that, that always shows the same doesn't it well if you look at if you look at Bournemouth I think they had an XG of 0.06 <laughs> compared to compared to quite a high one from Wolves they had four shots and none on target they're not showing really any life they played one up front they started junior Stanislas who I believe got his third start of the season and they're on 27 points, so the, the results around them were quite kind in the fact of winning their next game, they're back out of the relegation zone, but it's not it's not looking good for Bournemouth in both fronts, really. There's also Wolves just being clinical again. Like, yeah. they, there were two shots on target in the tie, entire game, and both of them were for Wolves. Um, and Jimenez is just proving why he is like one of the highest-rated strikers in the Premier League. Mm. Um, why he's being linked away with moves to like Man United and Tottenham uh, and yeah Wolves were just too solid at the back and a little bit too clinical up top for Bournemouth to handle so I think Triore I mean, finding assists yeah. has been really helpful as well and I know he's been linked away as well so if one of those two do go away do you think that partnership could be broken up and cause a problem or do you believe in Wolves recruitment to be able to find another person to fulfil that gap 
I'm pretty sure we covered this last week. I'm pretty sure we covered this last week. We said that um, even if two players of Wolverhampton leave, there's still a whole big squad around them that are quality players that I think would affect them too drastically. Yeah, but Nuno doesn't really like to. He's got his best players and he just mm. plays them, doesn't he? He doesn't really rotate them around too much. So I'm guessing there are. It could be said that they got. Yeah, it's, they could be decided they. That they got sort of fortunate with Adama Traore because he was sort of a, a traveller in, in the English leagues. And the fact that he started with Middlesbrough, went to Aston Villa, and then went to Wolves with the previous two clubs, he didn't really do too much, but he had the, the physical attributes that, you know, work in the Premier League. And he's found that, that form, you could say, mm. in the Premier League. And the fact that the last two games, he's got two assists, two of the exact same assists. And I think him and Jimenez have linked up 10, on 10 occasions this season. So it's it's close. To, I think it's close to the record that uh, Sutton and Shearer have with fourteen. So it's going to be difficult to replace him. I think Nuno said that he doesn't know about his future if he's going to go to Liverpool or not. But can is he replaceable? Yes, because you don't you don't know. This could be a bit of a purple patch for him, or it could be the start of start of him actually kicking on and a, and actually getting the end product that he didn't have in the previous three seasons, four seasons. Also, they keep with the same formation that they're currently playing. Diego Jota's still there. Pedro Neto's coming mm. through, and he's quite young as well, and he's doing well. Mm. Daniel Pondance is also there too. So they they do have multiple options if Traore does go. Jimenez would be a bigger loss, though, because they don't really have someone like him um, to play. So he would be a bigger loss than Traore, I'd say. Fair enough. Do we want to talk about the Everton Norwich game? Well, Michael Keane scored. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that did happen. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Mikey. Well done. <laughs> um, I didn't really watch it because it was probably the least of the games that I wanted to watch. I think I chose well with the Man United Sheffield United game. Um, I think this one kind of well, got left behind for me, really. I mean, there were more shots on target than the uh, Wolves Bournemouth game, so that's a positive. <laughs> hey, Mikey, there was five on Everton's shot on target and one from Norwich. It just shows yes, the class yes, difference in class. Yeah. And another a cool stat for you Everton won yep. 63% aerial draws compared to Norwich's 36. Well, that, that, that is two on the bounce where they've won the aerial duels <laughs> and they've won the game, to be fair. Harry, so the thing is, I think we, talk, we spoke about this off camera, but arguably. Uh, winning your aerial duels does make a difference between relegation and staying in the league and it shows that that's why Everton are part of the league than Norwich <laughs> I think I missed that I missed that Yannick Rastegaard's got one of the highest aerial duels um, yeah. in the league he's won the highest percentage of aerial duels or something like that he doesn't start for Samantha it's unfair in other teams that's why what are you talking about? What have you had in your breakfast? <laughs> I, I haven't. That's a problem. <laughs> Delirious. God. Right, so I wonder in for Everton. Will they be happy with that or would they want a couple past Norwich? Because with what I've seen from Norwich, they've been pretty poor from the restart. A win's a win, but I was confused about Norwich, to be honest with you, because they, they dropped Cantwell, Buendia, Tribal, Pookie, you know that's that's four of their key players this season. They're, they're fighting to stay up, and now they've got a. It, it was a winnable game because every game's winnable, and I think they're, high, they're I think they're the team that's got the highest percentage of points from home games this season. So you'd have mm. thought they would have went out and tried to win the game, 
And to be honest with you, with that sort of lineup, are they resting for the FA Cup against Manchester United? Where they might think that that winning the FA Cup is probably more likely than them staying up, which is harsh, but it's probably true at the same time. Mm. It's it, it doesn't look good for Norwich. But on on the side of Everton, you know they're only just outside Europa League places. Do you think do you think they've got a chance? Because they they're near Crystal Palace. I think they're just below Crystal Palace. So do they got a chance of getting the Europa League or a Europa League spot? I don't know about Everton because they're such a on and off team like mm. one week they could perform amazingly the next week they could be god awful so it, it's Everton's a slightly tougher one to predict they've got a chance if they can string a couple of fixtures together if Calvert-Lewin can try and regain the form that he um, that he had before the uh, lockdown break thing um, then yeah they do have a chance mm. yeah. fair play Okay. Well, we've got three games tonight. We've got uh, Burnley Watford, which is okay. Southampton Arsenal. So our own team Southampton <laughs> going up against Arsenal, which will be an interesting one. Will Arsenal bounce back? It'll be interesting to see. And then, of course, we've got the all important Chelsea Man City on uh, BT Sports, not Sky Sports, um, which will basically decide whether Liverpool win it today or it will go to the Liverpool Man City game. So, Tiz, you reckon City will have a draw? What do you reckon? Then a one all, two all? Yeah, I think Chelsea enjoy being the party poopers, and I think that, that's that, that's what's going to happen today. I think it'll probably be a draw because I don't think Manchester City want to. Obviously, they're not going to want to lose the game, but mm-hmm. they. It sounds weird, but I think they're going to rest to say if we do draw the game, then we don't want to draw. But if we do, that's not that's not the worst thing because it means that Liverpool can't win the title at the Etihad if if they win it before that. If they win the, if they, it's quite a if strange Liverpool, mentality, though, isn't it? When they have to give a goal of honour to, think... to Liverpool, isn't that potentially worse? <laughs> Guardiola is not the type of manager. I, I don't mm. think he's the type of person to back off from a game. He wants mm. to win every game. He wants 100% and he wants perfection. Yeah. And I don't think that he will be the type of guy to go, oh, Liverpool might be able to win it at the Etihad. We don't want that. Because surely one of the things that they want to do is to prevent them from winning it at yeah. the Etihad. That that yeah. would be one of the the best thing like to turn the season around would be we beat Liverpool. We we are the team that stopped them from winning it at our place. And I think Guardiola will prefer that like to keep it going as long as he possibly can, um, instead of just roll over for Chelsea. Yeah. I'm not sure how it works, but if they did win it let's say Chelsea did beat City, would Liverpool then lift it at the Yeti head? If it was the final day of the yeah. season, they would, mm. but because they they've got plenty of games left, I don't know if it's the first home game or if it's the last mm. home game they'll do it. Okay, but yeah, they they do it, they do it at Anfield. Yeah, but they, I'm, I'm right in saying that they would have to give a guard of honour, won't they? If uh, if they do, if, if they don't, time. if they don't get a win out of Chelsea tonight, yeah. they would have to give a guard of honour. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I think would wind Pep right up yeah, I don't think Pep's going to tactically think about it because I think he's going to be an optimist and think let's beat Chelsea and let's take three points off Liverpool and make that gap even smaller isn't he I think he's not going to try and think let's tactically not get beaten by Liverpool because I just don't think that's how he thinks 
But yeah, go on. The guard of would be look very strange though, because that'd be quite far apart. Two meters. Yeah, be the widest guard of honor they've ever seen. Yeah. Met, it's lots of records being broken this season by Liverpool. It's quite impressive. Widest guard of honor. So City never had I that. I thought you were going to give us some stats there. The widest ever guard of honour was uh, 3.6 metres between the players and the one in the centre. <laughs> but, um, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well, we'll cover those games yeah, tomorrow, so make sure you join the roundup for us. Then we can go through those ones. We're going to do a prediction. Go on. We need predictions of all the games. Burnley, Watford. What are we going to say? Because I don't... I'm not um, sure. I want Watford to stay up, so I'm going for Watford 1 0. Fair enough. I kind of I'm going to go 0 0 because I can't see either team be able to break each other down. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. 1 0 Watford. Watford yes, are going to sneeze it. Watford are going to sneeze it. Fair enough. Southampton Arsenal. What do you reckon? Oh, what do I reckon? Uh, You're not going to predict Tony? Yes. Yeah, no, all right. I'll, I'll, uh, I reckon a ooh, 2 oh, I reckon. Two three nil either way. One team's going to get batters, and I don't, <laughs> and I don't, and I don't know which way it's going to go. So I think it's going to be three nil to one of the teams. No, no, so you've you got to say who you think it's going to be because otherwise that's just that's pathetic. not a prediction. That's just two numbers. Yeah. Harry Nitsch just said one nil Watford a second ago as well. He's changing his answer. <laughs> no, not to, this, we're talking about the Saints game, mate. <laughs> But you really need your you breakfast. Don't don't you? listen again. Oh, not this is an absolute disgrace. <laughs> it's made a mockery of this. Anime. Okay, right. It's uh, three nil to Southampton then. Oh yeah, because wow. the rest of the podcast has a bit more. I'm saying mockery, two nil. I'm saying two one Southampton. <laughs> you could tell which team we support, <laughs> Mikey. Statistically, though, statistically, we are correct because I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the most aerial jewels because that really matters, doesn't that, it? That is That's, a good yeah. point. Mm. We've got Shane Long on our team, so that just shows how many aerial jewels we've won. So uh, <laughs> it's whether Mustafi can deal with Shane Long. That's going to be the problem. So I'm going to say a three 0 in a Shane Long hat trick. Um, <laughs> oh, if, if Shane Long he, gets he, onto the pitch, he can jump higher than Mustafi. So uh, that that's just not when he's on the bench. He's not going to be benched because he didn't play over the weekend. <laughs> oh, man. Right, we might as well talk about it. Chelsea City. I reckon, I reckon City will do it. I reckon it'll be a 3-1 City. 2-0 mm. City, I say. Fair enough. i go uh, 2-1 City. Um, it's going to be 2-2 either way for me. Fair enough. All right, decent. Okay, well, see tomorrow, see if we are correct with our choices, see how games went, and hear our votes on them as well. Make sure you subscribe if you're on YouTube or if you're on your podcast host, make sure you subscribe to that as well. And we'll see you next time. Say goodbye, Harry. Goodbye, Harry. <laughs> Mikey, do you want to say goodbye? Oh, man. Right. And Jamie. Goodbye from your favourite host yeah. of the In The Stands podcast. Thank you all for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. <laughs>